All right. Well, welcome everybody. Glad you're here. Um, so this is the accountability for the win uh, webinar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to, to talk about accountability. Uh, that's not a word that most people get really excited about, uh, but it's something that is near and dear to my heart. So First of all, let me talk about why is accountability important? Because I think that there are some misconceptions out there. You may have been told, perhaps by an authoritative figure in your life, a boss or uh, maybe your parents at one point, um, that accountability is good, right? But that really meant that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you might get in trouble. Um, or maybe you're leading a group of people and you've gotten to the point where you're like, okay, we got to put the smack down here because stuff has to happen, right? And so when you talk about accountability, you might mean, hey, you need to get your stuff done. Uh, sometimes I work with small business owners or entrepreneurs, and when they're talking about accountability, it's usually in reference to, oh my gosh, I've got all of these things on my plate and I don't know where to start. I don't know how to get started in my day. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that, but I really wanna talk about why accountability is important, give you the why first. And to me, there are three big whys. So the first one is to get you the result that you want. So definitely we wanna make sure that we are meeting our metrics that we are meeting our goals, that um, some of you are in industries, uh, I, I think about education, there are not only, hey, we've got to think about our, our kids and how, what's their learning style, but now we also have to think about our curriculum, are we following our curriculum? Um, what about grading? What about reporting out to their parents? There's a lot of metrics that you have to, to meet. And some of you are in industries where if you don't follow the rules, you could lose your whole business. So accountability is really important. Number one, it helps you get the result that you want. So do you want to make more money? Do you want to help serve people? Do you want to help people grow? Using the tools I'm going to share with you tonight will help you get there. The second why is it helps you to have better relationships with people when you do it appropriately. I've seen way too many bosses and employers kind of come in and, and try to put the smack down on their employees and get them to, you know, raise their, um, their performance. And in the name of accountability, when in reality, it's just a, a rogue leader who's hurting their people. So I'm going to show, show you the three-step system that you can use. Uh, with just about anybody that can help you to not only get the results that you want, but to keep the relationship um, or enhance it so that you, you're not hurting people as you go through. And then the third why that uh, accountability is important is because it helps you support other people. Um, so we're all driven by a different goal. Maybe yours is to get results. Maybe yours is to, you know, have better relationships. My, one of my big goals is just to support people. So for example, you know, putting on these webinars or doing my podcast, most of you have already engaged in my work in some way. I need to be accountable to you guys. So I, I ask myself all the time, how can I show up in a better way and serve you? So those are the three big whys. 
there might be some otherwise out there. Uh, uh, maybe you have a different reason for being accountable or maybe even for, for being on our webinar tonight. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're gonna do, um, let's see. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna break up into pairs, I think. Um, and what I'd like you to do is talk to your buddy about what does accountability mean to you? So you'll have about four minutes together, just have a, have a conversation, and one of you is gonna report back some of the highlights from your conversation. So uh, you might want to, at the very beginning, introduce yourself if you don't know that person. Uh, sometimes people forget that and they get the end, they're like, oh shoot, who was I with? Do the introduction first. Uh, and then you can also uh, have your discussion, but if one person can maybe write down a few notes and then decide who that reporter is going to be before you leave your group so you're not just pointing at each other when the time comes, okay? So I'm going to give you about four minutes and just have a discussion. What do you think accountability means to you, okay? Before I let you go, any questions about those directions at all? You can either raise your hand, unmute, throw it in the chat box. Okay. All right, we'll give you just one second here. All right, enjoy your discussion. <laughs> all right, so we're all back now. Um, so uh, I would like a few people to share with the whole group, uh, what do you think about accountability? What does it mean to you? So you can either go ahead and unmute and start sharing, or you can raise your hand, totally up to you. I'll, I'll go first. Sure. Um, my name is Christine. I was in a breakout room with Dean and Angela. Um, what, we had a, quite a laundry list of things that we were um, talking about for accountability. A lot of it is owning up to our own mistakes um, and having other people be able to own up to their mistakes. Also, keeping commitments. We talked about supporting others. We talked about the building relationships like you talked about. And then another one that was brought up that was really, really a good one. I like this one. Um, we have such high expectations as ourselves. So we want other people to have those same high expectations. But sometimes that kind of falls short of what we were expecting. Um, so being able to follow up with those people and make sure that things are getting done in, um, in a timely fashion and as best to their ability. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard when we have those expectations and uh, other people are responsible for them. I was talking to a coaching client earlier today. We were talking about um, a relationship and, and expectations in a relationship. And really what it came down to was you can have a, a, a mindset of expectation or a mindset of exploration. So if you're expecting something to happen and it doesn't happen, you're gonna be disappointed every time. But if you can set the other person up for success and then say, I wonder what's gonna happen, then if they fail to reach the mark, 
you're not quite as disappointed, but now there's maybe a little bit of motivation to move forward as well. And we just thought that was a really good kind of play on words, expectation versus exploration. Um, so I wrote that down. I'm sure that would become a podcast someday, but you're absolutely right. I love your list, by the way. I knew as soon as I saw the three of your names together, I knew you guys would come up with something good. I was like, that's a good group. Awesome. Nice. I, I've never done a breakout room with you before, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, so thank love you. it. Awesome. Lots of firsts tonight. Um, I'll go next. Um, uh, my name is Deanne and uh, Karen Hoffman and I were in a room together and we both work for the same agency. So um, we have a lot in common, but um, you must have spoken out as we were like, just before we got started, you, you said, yeah. oh, we don't get to talk to each other anymore. And then we don't up in a group, group together. Same, same position, different, different type of position though. Yeah. So um, we were talking about how accountability is kind of synonymous with responsibility mm -hmm. and um, how our different, how different roles are, um, when we have different roles, we have different responsibilities as well. So our, we see our accountability is making sure people are on the same page with us so that um, they, they can understand their responsibilities mm -hmm. along with our expectations of their responsibilities. Yeah, so very clear communication. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what is supposed to happen. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Excellent. All right. Hi. Yeah. Um, I had Tammy and the very last second, I didn't hear what you guys were doing. So she pulled me in. <laughs> um, but we talked about it being responsible. Like everybody said, a responsible partner, uh, a partner that will help you um, also be motivational and supportive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about a word is bond, kind of a, a contract in a sense. Um, nothing is set in stone, but you know, flexibility, things like that. But to, like she said, be on the same page. Um, and she brought up another kind of aspect of it, of it being scary. As you know, it, it, it holds you to that kind of contract. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't want that accountability person or buddy or partner sometimes because then it's just people like their comfort. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a new way of putting that. And uh, that's pretty much it. But I do like your expectation or exploration because I hold a lot of expectation on people. So that kind of opens up a new thing for me. So thank you for that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, I, you know, life is this push and pull all the time. Uh, I think one day I'm going to write a book called The Great Paradox and just talk about how life is just a paradox all the time. We think it's supposed to be one way. And then when it turns out it's something else and we're like, well, wait a minute, now I'm a little confused. And so you want to grow, you maybe want to get better at something, but then you invite somebody into your life to hold you accountable and then they do. And then you're like, Ooh, I don't know that I really like that. Well, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, I'm, I'm going to pick on Dean for a minute here. He, he's been in several groups of mine and, you know, several weeks ago we were in a group and, and uh, he had said he wanted to do something. And I said, 
all right, let's make it happen. And I kind of really pushed and gave him a little bit of accountability on that. And at first it was painful, not just for him, but everybody else in the group. Cause they're like, Ooh, I don't know that I want Michelle to talk to me like that. Uh, and then it, you know, he, he did the thing and it was awesome. It was amazing. Uh, he really served people really well. And, uh, so Dean just, uh, since I'm talking about you here, anything to share about that uh, accountability on from my side of it to you? It was good. It, while it was painful, it was good. Good to, to go through that. Yeah. Pushed pushed outside my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it might it might be uncomfortable. Um, but as I'm fond of saying to people, I'm perfectly comfortable with your discomfort because on the other side of it is good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Anybody else? What does accountability mean to you? Michelle, I'll speak for myself and Marie Douglas um, visited and we had not met, but we, she works with teenagers and I work in senior living. Um, the thing that we talked about um, was someone who helps you reach your goals, but then also um, following through and doing what you say, what you say you're going to do. So being accountable to and obviously communication is, is key in that. And then um, we talked about the challenges of being accountable to ourselves in the industries that we work, yeah. um, kind of become, you know, yes, we wanna make an impact, but our accountability sometimes is lacking to our own mm -hmm. desires or, you know, follow through. And we talked about the importance of maybe a coach or whatever, helping get through those difficult yeah. times. For so sure. I'm helping, for, I said it, I can't speak for, for Marie, but I said, um, Michelle has helped me stay focused because I can be like a ping pong ball of all these great ideas, but okay, I do service to none. So the accountability to, to stay focused. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's better to do one small thing every single day that's actually going to get you to your goal than it is to do this, you know, I'm going to do this really big cool idea today. Um, and then I'm like, oh, man, I can't really get that done. So, oh, tomorrow, look, here's this new thing. And like you said, do service to none. Um, of, it's better to do what seem is seemingly nothing, but one se small, small step than to bite off way more than you can chew. Yeah, and we're gonna talk a little bit here in just a minute about two of my favorite accountability tools. So if, if there are um, people in the group, which a size of a group of this size, there's probably somebody here who struggles with personal accountability a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna share those tools with you. And then I'm gonna share the, I know there's people in the group who want the three simple tools for how do you help other people get stuff done. So we're gonna talk about both of those tonight. Yeah. Okay, Tamara, I thought I saw you said, raise your hand. Yes, I'm mute. So I was with my Breaky Bunch friend, who I think is Laura, is that right? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I think it's Laura, but I didn't actually introduce myself, because I, whatever. Okay, so um, we came up with follow through, finishing well, right? Mm -hmm. Held to a standard, um, taking responsibility for, and then the last word was difficult. It's just plain difficult. Um, some personality types, it's more difficult. Um, and we've talked about, you know, ADD, lots of unfinished things. So those are the ones that we can and, and some people are highly motivated and accountable to themselves, but maybe not to the group, right? So they have goals of their own. So it's not about being motivated and being accountable. It's just that they don't want to come into alignment with what the rest of the group is doing. 
Um, some people, they really, really want to be helpful. They just don't have maybe the tools or the know-how. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons that, that people might not be um, responsible. I, I hate saying that they're not responsible because uh, many people are responsible. It's just their version of it, if you will, because we all have a different relationship with reality. Um, so I, I think the tools I'm going to share with you tonight will help you with each of the, the subtle nuances of all of those personality styles, uh, because really what it does is it kind of, it takes what you're trying to have them be accountable for and puts it right into their lap, which is really what you want them to do. Okay. All right. Anybody else have any final words about what you think accountability is? Okay, well, let me jump right into it. Um, most of you know me, I'm not gonna do an introduction. Uh, I will say though that what I'm gonna teach you tonight is tried and true. I have tested it thoroughly in many different avenues, okay? So the first one, um, I really learned about these tools when I was a center director. So um, uh, I worked in a childcare center. Hey, Sean. Uh, I worked in a center, um, had 25 staff. So not only was it a business, but it was also a place of care for children and it was also an education environment. So we had a lot of protocols, a lot of things to be accountable for. Uh, I've also used this with, and I still use this with each of my children. So it's, it's magical. It can work with children, very young children, by the way. Um, and then also I have, uh, I'm working on my PhD in education, but my specialty is assessment, evaluation, and accountability. So I can actually look at a whole, which is what my project is, I look at a whole statewide project uh, and I look at uh, the assessment piece, the evaluation piece, and then how do you hold people accountable within a statewide system. So the reason why I'm telling you that is because it's not only something I've done for myself. It's not only something I've, I've used as tools and, and little Jedi mind tricks with people that I coach and mentor, uh, but it's also things that I've been able to help put into practice and policy within other systems. So I really like to keep things very simple. There's no need to complicate things. So you guys, um, many of you I already know, and you are great at complicating things. You're excellent. You take the, the little tiny nugget I give you and you add on all kinds of layers. And before you know it, your mind is all like going and you, you call and you're like, oh, it can't be this hard. Nope, it, it's, it's pretty simple. So we're gonna bring it down into simple terms tonight. So accountability has three pieces. Three pieces, I want you to write this down. Your goal, your action, and your measurement. Your goal, your action, and your measurement. That's it. You just need those three things, okay? So I want to talk a little bit about this because we've talked about expectations already. We've talked about responsibility. Many of you have made mention what happens when you're being held accountable. So that doesn't feel good. Um, maybe if it's done harshly, you feel like you've been punished in some way. Um, in essence, what we wanna do when we are holding ourselves and someone else accountable is we want to ask, how well did you show up? Okay, 
So let's talk about you, for example. Um, if you're working on a, a project or something even simpler, you're just going to the job today, okay? You're going to the job and maybe you had a horrible morning. Maybe it was, actually, maybe it was yesterday with the time change and you're driving into work and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, right? And you show up to work and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z done. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in and they've got a problem. They've got an issue, a challenge. Now you're going from this fire to that fire, you're not getting your stuff done. And at the end of the day, you're driving home and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened today? Anybody ever experienced this? If you have, show me a, a reaction button. Yes, I've experienced that. Yes. Awesome. Okay, good. So, Typically what we do, we try to hold ourselves accountable at the end of the day, which ends up being uh, a, a few moments of blame, shame, and guilt. Oh no, I didn't get my stuff done. What I'm trying to get people to understand is that's not accountability, that's personal attack. Okay? So really what we want to do is we want to realize I'm responsible for how I show up today. So if I, I get myself all ready and I realize, oh my goodness, I, I'm feeling tired today with the time change. Um, maybe I did it, overdid it, you know, weekend warrior and I'm just feeling it today. Driving into work, okay, what can I do to get myself in the right headspace here? Sure, you have some things that you need to get done. Uh, they're in your, in your mind, I wanna get these things done. And then you walk into your workplace and the first person comes with their fire and you take a breath and you serve from your heart. And you do that all day long. When you're driving home that night, keeping yourself accountable shouldn't be about, did I get my stuff done? Now don't, now I know we have some high D personalities in this group for, for the DISC profile. So I'm not saying you won't ever get your stuff done. That's not what I'm saying, because there are tips and tricks and I'll show you some of those. But what I'm saying is, be careful of what you're measuring yourself by. Ask yourself, how did I show up today? Because there are days when you, you show up really well and you serve and you don't get that paperwork done. Now, if the paperwork needs to get done, you need to adjust and make sure that you get that done. But don't beat yourself up because you were showing up in a different way. Also, sometimes there are projects, programs, things you're working on, and you're not the only one. How many of you uh, uh, have, have never really liked group work? Like when you were put in a group in, in school and you're like, oh man, I, I just do it a whole lot faster and easier if it was just me. Yeah, exactly. You can show up in a great and mighty way and not get the result that you want. So when you're trying to hold yourself or your group accountable, which measure are you going to, to check in with yourself on? So if it's, okay, I want 100%, let's say, on this group project, that, that's a worthy goal, absolutely. You are not in charge of the 100%. You are in charge of showing up in the best way possible to do your part. Now, I know that stings a little bit because you, you know, you kind of want to step over those boundaries a little bit and just say, here, give me that. I'll take it. I'll, because I want to make sure I get that 100%.
And so I, I tell you that because as I talk about this, this word accountability, uh, I really want to make sure that we're not using it as another word for punishment, not for you and not for the people that you work with. And I would love it if every boss and employee in the world could understand that. Okay, so we'd still want to get our stuff done. We just want to do it in the right energy, if you will. All right, so now I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And if at any time as I'm going through, um, uh, before I switch slides, if you have a question, um, just we're, we're a small group tonight, just pop in and uh, unmute yourself and say, I've got a question, or you can throw it in the chat box as well. All right. Okay, so many of you are probably familiar with this. This is one of the two personal tools I'm gonna to share with you on how to be more accountable. This is called the Daily Edge tool. It's absolutely my favorite tool. Um, you can see that there's a lot going on here, but basically on the right side of the page, you've got your schedule in half hour increments. Uh, that's nothing fancy, you can get that on anything. Um, there's some magic though that happens on the left side of the paper. So the my big rock section is all about your biggest priorities. So for me, my big priorities, the things that I work on every single day, um, a, a podcast episode, um, I've got a closed Facebook group, so I want to post in that. I'm writing on my dissertation every single day. Um, there are certain things that I do every day that go in those big rocks and it has to get done every day. And typically those big rocks for me get done before I start engaging with other people. If I have an early appointment like I did this morning, I have to schedule it in throughout the day so I know it, it gets on there. Now, every once in a while there's a day, um, tomorrow's just gonna be a jam-packed day, that I just have to look at it and say, you know what, today I'm not going to have any time for writing and I'm going to let myself off the hook for that because I did a lot of writing this weekend and I'll catch up. So the big rocks are the priorities and typically the things that only you can do. Okay. The small rocks are things that you want to get done rather quickly. Um, so it might be that you just need to fill out this, this piece of paper. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that my kids need me to do that would go in the small rocks. However, the small rock section is also for the things that you want to delegate. So now that my children are older, they're 11, 14, and 16, I'm giving them a lot more as far as delegation goes. So, uh, you know, when they bring me the schoolwork, uh, the, the paperwork from school, uh, they're required to fill out everything except for basically my signature. So that saves me a lot of time. Um, the contact today is who do you need to email, text? Who do you need to reach out to today? And, and just make sure that you have a contact for some reason. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually print off two weeks of these sheets and I will put in my schedule for the two weeks. And yesterday this happened, I was having a conversation with somebody and throughout the conversation I realized I had an idea for something that I wanted to do. And I was like, hmm, I need to contact so-and-so and talk to them about that. So I looked at my schedule for the week and that's on Thursday this week. I'm gonna contact them and talk to them about that project. Now that doesn't seem like a lot, but the beauty of that little piece is I had the idea, I had the inspiration. 
and I knew I needed to do it, but I also knew, number one, if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. How many of you are forgetters if you don't write it down? Yes, exactly. And number two, I know um, if I don't do something with it, that idea is just gone. And it was a really good idea. So by flipping through a few pages ahead and putting it down, I know that on Thursday morning when I sit down to do emails, I'm going to be emailing that person right away. The project isn't going to get started right away, but contacting them will get the ball rolling. Okay, so it's just a little small step that gets me to that goal. And then the buckets of life, uh, the goal would be that you would have something in each one of those buckets every single day. So uh, spirituality, if that's not your thing, that's fine. Just cross it out and write something else. Um, but fitness, finance, faith, family, fun, those are my big ones. Uh, when I first started using this tool, the fun and relaxation was nowhere. <laughs> it was all business. And I realized why I was so tired all the time. So when we talk about this idea of accountability, it's not just, are you getting your business done? It's, are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking time to be with your family? Are you, are you really living out your priorities? And this tool really helps me to do that. So one thing I want you to know is that for everybody who registered for the webinar tonight, I'm going to send you uh, in your email, you'll get um, our schedule your priorities ebook. And there's all kinds of tools in there. This and then the Eisenhower matrix I'm going to show you next are both in that book. Um, so you'll have access to it and you can print it off and, and use it if you want. Okay. And also I think in there is a, a tip sheet that will give you all kinds of different ways that you can use this tool. So some people with different personality styles will use it differently. Before I move on to the next piece, is there anybody that has any questions about um, the daily edge sheet? If you do, just go ahead and unmute and, and then ask your question. But do you fill in then your schedule? I mean, I'm, cert I'm certain you have it electronically, but then you go through and just fill it in. So I, I have an electronic schedule only because I have so many coaching clients and, and they, I have a calendar for that. So basically what I do is when I set up, um, I do a few months in advance, uh, what times that I wanna do my coaching clients. So for example, this afternoon, I had a slot from one to four. Um, so I will go through and bracket off my time from one to four. I never write in who, who my appointments are until the morning of, because uh, as you probably know, people switch and, and turn and do all kinds of crazy things with the schedule. So I know I'm going to have a one to four slot for coaching. I just don't know who it's going to be. And then I, I put the rest of my day kind of around that. And then there are some days when I don't have things scheduled. Um, I might choose to put in prep time or I might choose to uh, just leave it blank. And then every once in a while, what I'll do if I have a prep day is uh, I won't write anything in the schedule part until I do it. So if I, you know, got this piece of paper sent off, I'll write it, write it in my schedule part, part, or if I made that phone call, I'll put it over there. And it's just my weird way of giving myself points for the day saying, yes, you did something. So it, you can use it both ways. Does that help? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on then. 
So this is the Eisenhower matrix. You can go Google it and get your own little image if you want. Uh, I know in the ebook there's going to be an example. Uh, I believe there's even a, a video clip in that ebook that will explain this in a little bit more detail. This is probably one of the tools that helped me the most when I was uh, a school administrator. It really helped me to triage what was coming in. So in essence, what it is, is you find out, is this thing important uh, or not important, urgent or not, not urgent? And once you know that, um, just follow the, the chart, it'll tell you what to do. So typically when I'm working with new leaders, especially, they'll come to me and say, oh my gosh, you know, my staff are always bringing me emergencies. It's always really important and they need it right now. And I said, no, that's not an emergency. An emergency is like, we're gonna lose funding or somebody's gonna lose an eyeball. Like though that's an emergency. Everything else needs to be scheduled. It might be very important, but you've gotta to get to the point where you're putting those on your calendar ahead of time. So for example, if you know that there's certain paperwork that you have to fill out every single year, guess what? You know the deadline, so back it up. I, I work in, with um, several different grants. I kid you not, I can always tell who started working on that grant the day of that it was due. You know when it's due, put it on your schedule to begin working on it earlier so that you're not at the last minute. And then there are things that are not really important, but they're kind of urgent, like you know, something will pop up that, that needs to get done, but you don't have to do it, delegate that. So the one thing I can think about is, you know, here at home, listen, somebody needs to be doing the dishes, right? We have five people living in this house. Somebody should do the dishes. Should it be me? No, I don't think so because I've got three teenagers. So I'm going to delegate that. It's very important, but or it's, it's, it is important, but it's not urgent. Okay. So you can delegate, you can eliminate. So I would highly recommend that you get familiar with this chart and you post it and you just ask yourself when things show up in your email or somebody brings you something, which box does it go in? Just asking that question really helps you hone in on, oh, what should I do with this? Or what do I want to do with this? Okay. All right. Any questions about this one before I go on? I swear it's a lifesaver. Trust me. Try it and see what happens, okay? What's interesting with that one though, Michelle, is the, um, the personality types and different people's opinion of urgency and importance. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you choose for yourself, but it is interesting when you're dealing with somebody that has a different opinion. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I've got an 11 year old who's a very high eye on the disc profile. So everything is urgent now. And I also know if I breathe about three deep breaths, it will no longer be urgent and she'll forget it and she'll move on. And so if I allow the storm to come for a few moments, then it will pass. And if it's really important, it will come back. <laughs> yeah, love it. All right, so I wanna uh, introduce you to one of my favorite guys. So Patrick Lencioni, he's written all kinds of books, but what I'm gonna talk to you about tonight is the truth about employee engagement. It's a really good one. So I love how Patrick Lencioni writes. What he does is he, the first half of every book, he chooses a different industry and he tells a story. 
It's a, a fable, a parable. And then the second half of his book, he really fleshes out the principles he's trying to teach. So it really brings it to life. So the truth about employee engagement, this one was, um, I really, I think this one was uh, in a restaurant uh, and it, it was a restaurant that was failing. And to make a long story short, they had a lot of very young employees that really didn't care about what was happening. Uh, and, and so how do you, how do you come in and change that environment? So if you haven't read the book before, I would highly recommend it. All right, so here's the three-step system. Are you ready? I hope you're ready. Okay. We want a goal. Remember, we want a goal. Um, we want, want to measure something and we want to check in. Now the goal has to be, this, this can work for you as well, but this really works when you're um, with another person. So the goal has to come from the other person. This is the most important thing about this whole process. And this is where a lot of leaders in particular have a problem because they wanna be the one to set the goal. That's not gonna work because the other person may or may not be motivated by that. Some people are motivated because they wanna keep their job and they'll do what you want them to do, but they won't go any further. Some people are motivated because uh, you're an authority figure in their life and they have fear. And so I will do this with fear and trembling. Uh, that might not work for you for long-term. Um, some people will not, they will not go after any goal that you set for them just on sheer principle. No, because it wasn't my goal. When you can get the other person to create the goal, then you have momentum right off the bat. Now it takes a little bit of backing off because you might have an expectation right here and their goal might be right here. However, I'm going to share with you in just a, a few minutes about how that works in your favor. Okay, so the goal has to come from them. The measurement, this is really, really important guys. The measurement has to be simple, simple, okay? They are going to be in charge of tracking their, their growth, not you, okay? You, you, the way that I look at it with my kids, I've always told them, listen, I'm not the homework police. My job is my job. Your job is to go to school. I'm not going to be checking your homework. If you need ho homework help, I'm glad to help, but I'm not going to be the homework police. We need to get out of this thinking that we need to be over somebody and checking and measuring their progress all the time. No, we, when they create their goal, we can have them create uh, the measurement process within it. I'll, I'll share some examples here in a minute, okay? The checking in part, this is your job, right? After you've helped them to come up with their own goal and their own measurement system, you're gonna check in. But you're not checking in for punishment, you're checking in for support and reminding. So for example, you know, coming in and saying, hey, I know you, you set that goal for X, Y, and Z. Um, how's it going? What can I do for you? Is there any way that I can help? Um, do you need any kind of resources to make that happen? So really you are a partner for them, walking side by side, but they are in charge of reaching their goal, okay? It's a very different way of looking at it than most places of business, okay? That, in essence, is how we go from being stuck 
to hitting the bullseye every time, okay? So I wanna, I wanna tell you a couple examples of how this has shown up, um, three examples, and then I wanna circle around to doing some Q&A, okay? So the first example I can think of, kids and chores. I've been using this with my own kids since, well, my, my oldest is 16 now, and I think I started when he was two. That's when I read the book and I thought, well, can this really work with anybody? Yes, yes it can. So basically, um, what happened when Josiah was around six years old, uh, the kids are required at all times to have one chore that they're working on and developing at being good at, and they get to choose what that chore is. So when he was six, he, he decided he wanted to have the chore of cleaning the toilet. And I was like, what? Why would you want that? But okay, all right, you're setting your own goal. So I said, what do you think uh, that means to you, right? It's important to ask somebody, just like we did tonight, what does that mean to you? Because you gain a lot of information that way. So we sat down and just, just for the example, let's say there's 10 things that you need to do in order to clean, clean the bathroom. So he wrote down about six of them. He knew right, out, right away. So I'm like, 60%, that's pretty good. So then I said, okay, well, you know, what would you think about this? Do we need to clean this? So after I questioned him a little bit, he came up with two more things. Once you get, the Pareto principle says, get up to a, a, an 80%, uh, eight out of 10, then it's a go. And I know some of you are perfectionists, but you gotta, if you can get somebody to an eight out of 10, that's where you want them. So this little six-year-old, uh, he, he's got eight things. I know he's missing two, but in my mind, I'm going, that's okay, because he's gonna learn those. And I said, okay, now you have your list here. How are you gonna know that you've done a good job? I.e., how are you going to measure your progress? So he said, oh, you're gonna come in and check me. And I said, no, that's not my job. That's your job. How are you gonna know that you did a good job? And he said, well, if I tape this list up onto the wall and I can just check off the things that I do. Hey, excellent, that sounds great. And then I said, do you need anything from me to get your job started? And he said, well, uh, where, where are the gloves? Where's the soap? Where, oh, sure, let me help you with that, you know? And so I got them all set up and I said, okay, have fun. And of course I was paying attention, you know, um, but I wasn't in the room with him when he was doing the job. Now, when he got all done, he came out, took him a long time, but he came out and he said, okay, will you check? And I said, I don't need to check. Uh, did you follow your list? Did you check all your things? And he said, yeah, I, I did everything. And I said, excellent, way to go. And he's like, you don't wanna see if I did it okay? And I said, honey, if you followed the list that you created, guess what? You did a good job. Um, I said, is there anything else you need from me? And he said, well, I can't reach the cabinet to put the stuff away. Sure, I'll come over and help you. Keeping in mind the whole time that I knew that there were a couple things that were very crucial to this that he didn't do. So my husband, uh, who is a little more the um, perfectionist in, in our group here, uh, he came through and of course alerted Josiah to the two things that he missed. And at first I was like, oh, I don't want his heart to hurt. You know, he did such a good job, but he took it in stride and he looked at his dad and he said, you know what? Those weren't on my list. And he immediately went to his list. He wrote those two things down and he said, next time I clean the bathroom, I'm gonna put those, those two, two down as well. And I was like, yes, that's what we want. 
the next time he cleaned the bathroom, he asked me for the supplies and that was it. That's all the help that he needed. He did everything himself. And I haven't cleaned a bathroom since in the last 10 years, guys. So think about that. If you can do that with a six-year-old and believe me, it takes a lot of practice and power to sit still and go through the very lengthy, sometimes painful discussion with a six-year-old to get them to think about what it might entail to clean the bathroom. Uh, there are many people that you're dealing with in your job. It takes a long time to have a conversation with them to bring them up to that part. I understand that pain. I do that every single day. And the power is in that pain for you because you really want them to be able not just to get this one job done, but to do this job well from here on out and never have to talk about it again. So you're gonna be addressing this problem with this person, whether it be having that painful setting up conversation or whether it be having that conversation over and over and over again because they're not doing it well. Okay, so kind of choose your pain in that moment. All right, so the next thing is, um, you know, I work with a lot of teachers. Um, the education system knows how to create boxes and definitely has a system to make sure that you are checking those boxes. So you talk about accountability, they're all about accountability, um, but not necessarily in the simple way. And so many teachers struggle with this idea of helping students to be accountable when you know grades might not be the motivating factor um, maybe there's other other issues and so uh, in our trainings what we do is we teach teachers how to use the this three-step model and to to be honest with you this three-step model is basically the plan do and review model that um, preschool educators have been using for decades so you want to get somebody to make a plan very simple go out and do the plan and then review with you, how did it go? What did you learn? If they're not creating an accountability plan in order to learn and grow, you shouldn't be creating an accountability plan. Accountability is not punishment. It's to help someone learn and grow so that the next time they do it, they can be even better. And then uh, with my coaching clients, uh, I do this all the time. It's very simple. And, and most of the time they don't even know that I'm doing it. Um, but every session that we have, we're, we're doing these three steps that we've talked about tonight. But I wanna tell you about the one teacher that I worked with. So she was a very young teacher, uh, literally just got out of college, didn't know what she was doing. She was very, very young. Uh, and her school actually the whole district they had as part of their school improvement plan that they really wanted to work on family engagement so working with families in the community and getting better at things like parent-teacher conferences things like that so this uh her administrator called me and said michelle please help me with this girl i don't know what to do with her i said okay so i met with her and i said hey tell me what do you think um you know family engagement is all about and she, so we had this great discussion. I was like, wow, this girl really knows what she's talking about. There's like 30 things on the paper that she's told me that she can do for family engagement. I'm like, 
this is awesome. And then somewhere in the conversation, I realized, oh, this is all conscious knowledge. This is not subconscious coming from her. She knows it, but she's not doing it. And it was almost like she could write a really good paper about it, but she wasn't doing it. I said, okay, so, huh, how can I move this forward? So the one thing I, I wanted, really, there were about five things on the list that I would love for her to do, but I said, Michelle, you gotta sit in the pain for a little bit. So I said, all right, you tell me, we're gonna create a goal. We're gonna just choose one thing on this list. What would you like to do with parents? So you're seeing parents every day, what would you like to do? And I kid you not, she said, well, I'm gonna choose something not on the list. And I was intrigued and I said, sure, what is it? And she said, I wanna smile at parents. Now listen, that is probably the simplest, silliest, it didn't even make the page, guys. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a box that needed, like that, that to me I thought, that's just being a good human. That's not being a good teacher, that's being a good human. And it, it was at that moment that I'm like, okay, do you really trust this process, Michelle? Do you really? And I said, okay, all right, let's go with that. Uh, and so we walked through, she created this plan where she was basically going to, um, on the attendance sheet, if she smiled at a parent, she would check next to their name. I said, okay, great. So she created that. A week later, I came in. I said, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, I'm really working on it. I'm working hard on it. And I'm thinking, why is this so hard? Well, come to find out, she was always taught to respect your elders. And all of the parents of these children she was serving were older than her because she was very young. And so she had this notion that she needed to be subservient to all of these parents. So she couldn't really take a, a, a role in creating relationships with them. Long story short, it took her about three weeks and she was finally not only smiling at parents, but she was feeling very comfortable. And quite honestly, she had already done the five things I had on the list that I wanted her to do. Uh, I didn't realize it wasn't the, a knowledge problem. It, what, it was a fear problem for her. And that came out through our discussion. And by giving her the power back, by saying, work on this one simple tiny thing, once she did that, it really released uh, a lot of things. And quite frankly, by the end of the year, she actually was outperforming other teachers in her building on all of the, the metrics that were, were being checked. But if I had come in and said, I'm sorry, that goal is way too small. No, no, no. You really need to work on these five things. She would never have done them. And so sometimes I think we're, we're expecting a lot from people when they're not ready for that. They really are ready for that really simple, silly step that we think of, but that might just be the door in to getting them uh, motivated and, and on their road. Okay. So that's really a few examples of how it's shown up for me. Um, Let's go ahead and, and take some questions. Uh, what are some things that are kind of noodling around in your head about what I shared tonight or what questions might you have? I'll go. Um, <clears throat> with my team, one of the things that, that I, I, I shared this earlier in our breakout session is I, I sometimes assume that they're going to be accountable. Um, and I've learned that that's not the case. And so I've been more disciplined in the past few weeks about following up with them, 
but how do you, how do you avoid being a micromanager? Cause I don't, I don't want to, I, I think it's probably based on the level of importance maybe, yeah. but, but you know, I don't want to come across as I'm trying to micromanage. I like to ask really good questions. So, um, one question, especially if we're in a meeting, before anybody leaves, what's your action step? Everybody has to report on their action step. So you know what your action step is, but everybody in the group knows. And then in between those reporting times, I might pop in and say, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Um, I, I like to ask questions like, what are you loving about this action step that you're working on right now? Or what are you learning about it? So you're asking about it, but you're, the focus is on is on, is really on on how is this process for you? It's not about did you get this done. It's it's something a little bit more personal. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Do you think that that would work for you? Uh, I think it will to a certain extent. I think the other thing I, I just was thinking as you were talking there is is um, asking for them to give feedback on a regular basis, particularly you know so. You know, at the end of the day, make sure you give me an update on, on where we're at. Yeah. And, and that's where maybe you could have them do the action step and then say, how are you going to measure this? So before they leave the meeting, maybe you have their measurement system. So sometimes when I'm working with a coaching client and they're like, oh, I need to go and do, you know, the, this certain action step. And I'll ask, when are you going to do it? Um, Sometimes I, I even ask not just what day, but what time are you going to get it done? And I'll, then I'll ask, what do you need from me in order to make that happen? Some people, they need me to check in. Uh, and, and they're very honest about that. They're like, will you please, I don't want to forget about this. Will you please check in with me? Great. Some people are like, no, I don't, I don't need anything from you. And other people, they, they know that they're going to be working on whatever the thing is, but they also need a resource or a tool in the meantime. And so just by, by asking, what's your action step? How are you going to measure it? So that way you'll know when you're checking back, what you're checking in on, not just, did you get the thing done? But, you know, if they say, I'm going to do a checklist, say, hey, how's your checklist going? So then you're putting the focus on their measurement system, not necessarily the thing they have to do. Um, it, it's just a little bit of a change in focus that, that really helps people know that you're, you're checking in on them, but you're not going to punish them necessarily. You're, you still are expecting that they show up and that they, they're getting their stuff done, um, but you're also very interested in the process and how it's working for them. That's good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think an aha for me tonight. Um, oops, I'm sorry, am I interrupting somebody? Sorry, Tamara. It's okay, no, I think there were three of us actually, go ahead. <laughs> Um, I think an aha for me and something honestly that I'm going to have to think about, especially with my team, um, is when I ask for others' goals um, and if they would choose something as small as, you know, the smile, um, allowing that to go versus trying to stretch them. And I completely understand seeing this through the process of what you're saying of how important it was to keep that and to let that go and work through. But um, you know, I think that I tend to try to stretch and try to, you know, get them to go a little bit further. Um, so that's going to be, I think, a big adjustment for me. It's a gamble. It's a risk on your part. It really is. Um, but some people are, are ready to take a leap and, and some people are shufflers, right? And, and they got to get a, a, a shuffling start. But once they shuffle a little bit, then, then they're off and running. 
yeah, but you, you really don't know what they are at the right. point of the declaration, right. you know? And, and you use the same three-step process with any personality style. You just say, this is how we do things here. We're going to create your goal. What's your goal? Um, how are you going to measure that? And then what, do you, what supports do you need from me? And that's when, when you can really tell is there, if there's somebody who is very self-motivated, great. They're going to take that three-step system and they're going to start and, and run with it. Awesome. And somebody who's might be a little more hesitant, you'll know that from the start. And because you're asking, how can I help and support you? They are literally giving you your action step. So you'll know. And so when you come back and you do whatever they told you to do, you're not micromanaging, you're following their orders. Yeah, that's huge because you're giving them power. Um, think about it, if, if your boss came to you and said, this is how we're gonna do things now, how would that make you feel? you'd probably feel a little bit more empowered, right? Like, oh, I get to choose what I wanna work on? You're not gonna tell me what I wanna work on? Oh yeah, absolutely. Michelle, can I ask a question in addition to that? Sure. I'm just thinking along the lines of something like in healthcare, um, struggling with you know somebody wanting to post the schedule before all the slots are full. I mean, it seems like it's almost unheard of in my mind. Like I don't understand why you would do that, but it's been an ongoing problem. Okay, this is what, do I present it as this is what I need? How do you make it happen? Or how can we achieve this goal? I mean, it's because it's my goal. I need that schedule, but I don't really have an option not to have it filled. Well, and that, that that's when, um, so there's a difference between learning and growth goals and what I call, uh, we got we to gotta lay it on the line goals. Um, there are certain things, especially in your industry, uh, we can't cut corners on. Um, okay. You know, people get hurt, people die. Um, you know, we, we can lose business. We can literally lose the whole business if we're cutting these corners. That's, if you will, that is like the bottom line. So we don't make goals for the bottom line. We start at the bottom line and our goals go above. Okay. So if you're having somebody who is like, if it's, if it's a house, if you will, okay, here's the bottom, the, the bottom level of the house. We, we want to continue to grow all the way up through the rest of the levels of the house. But if somebody is down here in the basement, we're not, we're not, I mean, now we can have a conversation. And if I feel like it, setting a goal is going to help you raise there, great, but it's gonna to have to happen rather quickly. Uh, and usually if somebody's in the basement and they have a capability or a willingness issue, uh, I usually get to the magic question pretty quickly, which is, do you wanna keep your job? Uh, if you wanna keep your job, then if the answer is yes, then these are the things that must happen. This isn't a goal now, this is a condition of your employment. Um, the problem is when we say this is a condition of your employment. However, up here, oh, now I'm gonna make this a condition of your employment. Well, wait a minute, you can't have all of that. Like you've gotta have a little bit of, of give and take here. Um, so for the things that are not crucial, then we want our employees to have um, control over that as much as possible. Yeah, so basically this is kind of my base expectation. So I need you to figure out how to achieve this. Correct. 
floor level. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. And there are sometimes, you know, when somebody will, um, a, an employee will not be performing up to the, the base level, um, and it might even be out of character for them, like something's happening. Uh, mm -hmm. I always say, don't, don't, don't make a hasty decision. Go back talk to them, ask them what's going on. How come we're slipping down below that level a little bit? Um, don't, don't come in and, and start punishing because there's usually something that's happening that maybe you can help with that's going to not only uh, help them in their job, but might help them as, as a human being. Uh, we've seen a lot of that with COVID. I can tell you story after story after story of people just having issues and they're not meeting those minimum expectations. And whenever the leader comes in and helps them, um, they've not only kind of raise the bar with that employee, but the employee has become so much more loyal to the company. Uh, and honestly, you know, there are, there are, there's a, you want to have loyal people, especially in a pandemic. Um, so sometimes it's just getting into that, that leader pain a little bit, um, stepping into somebody else's space for a moment, having those crucial conversations that are, can be very challenging. And I know oftentimes you just want to say, can you, can you, I don't know, just wild and crazy idea. Can you just come to work on time? Can you just come to work on time? Like, I'm not asking for the moon. Like two days in a row. <laughs> yeah, two days in a row. Just to have your body and your brain in the right place at the right time. Just, can you just do that for me, right? And I totally get it. And sometimes there, there are things that are hurdles that are getting in the way of that person doing it. Now, sometimes there are not, and that's a whole nother class. That's a whole nother webinar. Maybe I'll do a webinar someday on how to fire someone. You know, <laughs> I could help. You could help, I'm sure. Sadly. Tamara, did you have something? Yeah, you can't fire teenagers. What do you do if they, if your children never in a million years are going to have the priorities that you want for them for their you know okay you know i've talked to you about this bedroom thing right it's just like we were so proud of it like we sat down we made a plan she agreed to it it was very minimal it was like just keep the dirty dishes out of your room so we don't have critters i mean that's really almost as as yep i got my dishes out of there yesterday I, I walk in there, they're still there. Like, so it's not even on it. I'm like, I don't even know. I can't, I'm like, do you, do you punish? Just punish, punish, punish. I don't want to punish. I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to go up there. What do you want? What do I want? I want her to care about the fact that her room has nastiness in it and that she doesn't want to live like that i want her to not want to live like that uh -huh. i don't and i don't want that in my home i don't want i don't want her friends to come over and walk into that like i, I don't i can't fathom how somebody would be okay with that but she is so really you've got two issues there. So the one is you want her to care, which you have no control over. And there's probably not much that you're going to be able to do with that. So I would just uh, really, you know, offer this to you, let that one go. 
but the second one, this is your house. These are your dishes. This is something that you can do about, you know, that, that is a minimum requirement. Uh, so, you know, the, the, you have a lot of power. You, I know she's 16, so no, no, no car, no keys, uh, unless I get all your dishes. Um, there's many things that you can do uh, to, to incentivize her. Uh, and sometimes it just lay, lays down the law. I know there's dishes in there. I saw them take care of them or you don't get X, Y, and Z, or you don't get to, X. this is why I love giving my kids things. Now, please. Now I want to, I want to, let me, let me preface this with, I'm not a mean mom. I really am not, but I do get an insane amount of pleasure with taking away things. Uh, so I give my children all kinds of things just so that I can take them away. And I've also known to be, been known to be very, very creative in my punishments. And so there was one time I was literally in my office and uh, this was not too long ago and something was happening. Two of the kids were fighting and it was bad. And I got up and I went like this with my, my hand on my chin and I said, huh, I wonder, and boom, done. Whatever it was, it was done. Kids were dispersed. They were on to other things. My husband looked at me and he said, are you the kid whisperer? What happened? And I said, well, because every time I do something like that, I come up with some crazy thing like, oh, you're going to go and run around the house in the snow uh, because you didn't get the dishes done. Wild and crazy, right? And the more that you do that, the more that they're like, we don't, we don't like that about mom. We don't want to see that. And he's like, well, what were you going to give them to do? He was really, really interested. And I said, I have no idea. He's like, what do you mean you have no idea? I said, that's why I get up really slow and I go, hmm, I wonder so that my brain can catch up and I can come up with some creative idea. And he's like, I just will never understand you. But so, so trying to use the tools that you have are, are really good. And sometimes it just comes down to plain, listen, I've tried to work with you. You're not working with me. So what is your goal to get those dishes out there? And guess what? If you don't get the dishes out of your room, you're now responsible for every single dish in this whole entire house. Have fun. Does that help? Yes, although I don't want to eat after a dish that she has washed because she's not a careful washer either. Well, you can do what I've done in the past is we buy paper plates. We buy paper plates. And it's not because I, I don't want them doing dishes. Right now, like I'm whispering, like somehow that's gonna help. But right now we're, we're transitioning. So my 16 year old was in charge of doing the dishes, but he's had, he's up leveling his chores. So he's doing other things now. And so my 14 year old is, is being transitioned to be in charge of it all. It is not going well, okay? It is not going well. And so we have paper plates to eat off of because she has to redo the dishes that she didn't get done the night before over and over and over again. Now, this is the epitome of being stuck, right? However, I know that as we go through, eventually she's going to get it and she's going to go, oh, I probably should do this the way that my dad told me and then I won't have to do these dishes ever again. Either that or she'll mur murder us in our sleep. One way or the other, it's the job is going to be done. So... There you go. <laughs> Maybe if she inherits the dishes, uh, she'll actually clean them. <laughs> awesome. Was this helpful tonight, guys? 
I have a question though. Um, how do you do it when there is conflict between two coworkers? It's just, you know, they they want to set a goal to have this standard in the classroom. Yeah. But you just don't have that communication with each other. There's it's just there's no way to communicate that goal without risking conflict or even just disruptance in the room uh -huh. of the atmosphere after that. You know, well, the let, me, let me ask you this, Veronica. What would you do if two children were fighting over a toy? Okay, you stop and, and discuss it with both sides of the party. So. so each child you would want to, hey, what do you think the problem is? What do you think the solution is? Sometimes children will agree on a solution and move forward. Sometimes they won't, but they'll come up with their own individual one. Same thing. We are not responsible for the feelings, the atmosphere, the energy in the room. Uh, but you can step in and have that conversation and say, all right, we've got a problem here. What do you think the problem is? What do you think the problem is? What do you think the solution is? What do you think the solution is? And if they come up with their own goal, each of them have their own individual goal, go with God. As long as you are working on something, focusing on something, that is better than fighting. So if one person thinks that the problem is X and the other one thinks it's Y, just follow the three steps for each one of them and, and have them continue on that process. Now, what if one of them doesn't see that there is a problem? Well, that's a whole nother webinar, Veronica, like literally a whole nother webinar. Um, that it just takes a lot of conversation and, and helping them understand from your perspective why you think it's a problem. So telling them what the problem is is really important, but telling them your why and how it's affecting you, whether they want to do something about it or not is really important because you've spoken up your, to your truth. Um, sometimes that's all you can do. You can't make another person change. Um, you know, kind of going back to what Tamara was talking about. Yeah, you want to take care of those dishes, but ultimately you'd like your daughter to care, but you have no control over that. Same thing. You want somebody to be working on the issues or challenges, but if they're not willing to, you can't make them. Does that help? Uh, I guess I'm going to have to say yes, because I have to wait for the next webinar for the, for the rest of that, so. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Email me that topic, Veronica, and I'll make sure that I, I put that out there at some point. Okay. I don't want to forget. Okay. Awesome. Anybody else have any questions, uh, comments? I know we're, we're uh, about 15 minutes past our time, but um, so if this was helpful to you tonight, give me a, a, a thumbs up or a clap as a reaction button. Um, and please, 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 oh, I love it. The whole screen's lighting up, awesome. So one thing that I would really, really encourage you as we're ending up here, please keep it simple. Please keep it simple. Just use the three steps, practice it. Practice it with yourself. You can sit down and say, okay, what is one thing I wanna work on right now? And how am I gonna measure that? Um, right now, my husband's, uh, my husband and my son are at the gym. And so he's got this health goal to go to the gym. And so, you know, I'm like, how are you going to measure that? And he's got this little post-it note. He's just putting, putting tally marks when he goes to the gym. Awesome. And, you know, I, when I check in with him, I'm like, how's the gym going? And he didn't, he's been getting shin splints, 
uh, trying to run on the treadmill. And I was like, oh, go over to the, to the elliptical. That will help. And he's like, what's an elliptical? I said, oh, let me show you the ways. So my resource was to help him uh, use a new tool. So the other day I said, how's it going on the elliptical? He's like, oh my gosh, this is a magic machine. I said, I know, it's beautiful. Um, so I'm helping keep him accountable, but in a very loving, gentle, compassionate, lighthearted way you don't have to be so serious all the time. Listen, we can have a, a, a whole hour and 17 minute webinar on accountability and have a lot of fun and laughs while we do it, right? Yay, awesome. So keep it simple, keep laughing, keep encouraging other people and you're doing it right. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing night and I'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.